There's power in a truckie on a hill above the sea. Power in the voice of us, the corner. But it all amounts to nothing. Together we don't sing. Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. We come to you now after the final game of our uh, San Diego Loyal. Um, we're not going to have any more games, so that kind of leaves the podcast in an interesting position where we no longer have uh, a team to talk about, no more games to analyze and uh, obsess over and complain about um, defensive uh, missteps or mystery formations from Nate Miller, which is always our uh, favorite topics here. Um, and yeah, it's been uh, not a fun couple of days, I think, for a lot of us. And um, yeah, that's going to be uh, it for San Diego Loyal. We'll talk a little bit about the game and um I mean, there's no reason to, I think, dwell on any tactics or anything like that. It's over. There's no, there's nothing to fix. There's no more games. Um, but to help me and you uh, get through this, uh, I'm going to bring on producer John Cross. John, how are you? It has been um, an emotional last 48 hours for certain but um i think i have found my peace i don't know if other people have but i think i am i am in a spot where i am i am comfortable moving forward from this yeah that is such a, a mature and like mentally healthy <laughs> place to be uh because i gotta tell you uh i'm fucking pissed i'm so angry about um the business of soccer in this country um, and how Agreed. it just, uh, you know, doesn't value the fans. Um, everything that is valued are like all of the kind of the wrong things. Uh, you know, we value sponsorships and uh, luxury box uh, sales and, and uh, you know, the uh the sponsor for the corner kick and the coin toss sponsor and um you know keeping sponsors happy and not uh rocking the boat and maybe not being too controversial to scare away sponsors so um you know that's what the priority is um and if you look at the list of um priorities mentioned in a uh, one quote um from uh, somebody involved with this this new team, uh, the list of who they're here for, uh, I think, began with uh, owners, and then the. I don't remember uh, what it began with, but I remember it began what it with ended owners. With. The owners was the first thing, and then it went down to like you know the sponsors and the partners, and the season ticket holders, and then. Uh, the very last priority was the supporters. 
Um, right. which really says it all. You have a club that, you know, kind of builds around supporters and a club that builds around not giving a shit about <laughs> supporters. So uh, there's a, a, a difference there for, for sure. So yeah, uh, bitter and angry uh, about that being, you know, just allowed to happen by our soccer federation, um, which is just unfair to everybody who's uh, turned out for this team over the last three years, three years, four seasons, three years. Um, so a lot to be said about that. We do have a future to talk about. Um, can you maybe tease a little bit about what's coming up? We are having another show at nine. Uh, what's that going to be about? Right. We, there's going to be a show at nine. Um, I believe Steve and Jason at the very least will be joining us on that show so we can reminisce and go through our last four years, not just the weekend, but celebrate, uh, some of the good things that we've had from this group, because, there have been a lot. It was one of the things I was thinking about on Sunday after the match. Um, just in my mind, as we're doing all our stuff, was just going through all the wonderful experiences we had and all the things that were shared, you know, in the last 48 hours on social media from around the world, really. But just comments that people had and just recognizing and appreciating this unique and special thing that we had that wasn't, I mean, but I guess for anybody who might be watching this outside of our group, which maybe some people with morbid curiosity might turn into a couple of our podcasts here at the end. But if there is anybody out there, like this can be replicated in other places. This is not, it wasn't something magical and special other than the people who were involved were determined to make it happen. And if you're determined to make it happen, it can happen in other places. And I think what you had said a little earlier about uh, the state of soccer and the business of soccer, I, I think those are conversations we're going to be having as a group moving forward. And I think there are a lot of ways as fans we can help put pressure on various groups and and look to enact some change but those are those are conversations to be happening man imagine if elon musk was obsessed with usl soccer instead <laughs> of twitter imagine the world we would live in if uh that dude had uh, injected 44 billion into uh a uh, rival uh football league or federation um instead of uh inviting nazis back to twitter what a what a world that would be <laughs> but it, it is it's a choice we we made a choice as a supporter group and the loyal made a choice as an organization really to put people human beings first i don't think we ever directly stated that especially as the locals but it's certainly evolved and became stronger over time yeah we... what a huge mistake i mean they should have just been like you know <laughs> uh boring crest fc and and uh really taking care of the owners first yeah but you know i mean i, I know you're being facetious but um you know when you think back we, we never won a playoff game we we had a lot of things where people could look at it from the outside from a more traditional sporting sense and 
and say we were a failure? What did we win? And, you know, it's, I, I don't, I think if you ask anybody who is involved, you, you can't put a direct price on the experience we had. But what we had and we were able to cherish all those times, and you saw it at the end of that last game, how many people stayed in the stadium, the players staying on there. I was, on Monday, I was thinking, I, I am, I'm glad this happened at Torero and not at an away match because we wouldn't have been able to have that time together when it was finally over. I mean, it was almost going to have to be then or the final. Um, so yeah, going to Orange to County happen, and losing would have been just miserable <laughs> because it would have been whoever had made the trip and right. You know, that's it. It wouldn't have been what it was Sunday night, which was, I mean, you know, powerful scene i mean i get choked up even just thinking about yeah uh what it was uh watching you know well let's let's get to that okay let's let's rewind a little bit before we uh go down this dark path um let's talk <laughs> a little bit about uh the match um going in i feel like i was really anxious uh during the pregame in the parking lot like usually i kind of float around and talk to a bunch of different people. But I really felt like just planting my feet and not moving for two hours. I really didn't feel good. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel like walking around. I wasn't having fun. I'm going to tell you right now, the, the pregame, I was not having fun. I was anxious. And that's because I knew that it, it could be it, right? Like I knew that right. this could be the last one. So I spent a lot of time just like, just like looking around and like trying to take it in and, and appreciate it. And, um, and it feel good. Um, not because I thought we would lose, but I knew that we, it, we could lose. Right. And that that would right. be it. And that's why, um, and it was when Ronaldo Damos scored that opening goal, um, in the fourth or fifth minute, um, I thought we were on a rocket ship. I was like, okay, this is not going to be, that. this isn't going to be a stressful match. Look at that. We're rolling. Right. Um, didn't turn out that way. Uh, uh, you know, a dumb penalty. And then uh, we, we, we go ahead again on a, on a incredible goal. That's the second goal from Ramuz. Um, but, you know, once again, a defensive mistake, uh, miscommunication between Koke and Grant Stoneman, leads to another goal that just just bad luck like there's that that was should not have ever happened that second goal shouldn't have happened it was just ridiculous um and then they score early in the second half and the team spends the entire second half on the offensive trying to equalize um they looked like the better team throughout the match uh earns that penalty on a generous whistle from the ref. I mean, it was a foul in the box, but I don't know if that always gets called as a penalty. Um, I think somebody was saying on, I don't know where I read it. I've been reading so much uh, social media lately, but this ref is called penalty kicks in like all of his, <laughs> all of his last however many games, like this is a ref that isn't afraid to, to point to that spot. So, you know, luckily for us, it, turned in our favor at the end of the match and um you know we 
live to fight for another 30 minutes. And for 29 of those minutes, it was up in the air. And then I think they just ran out of gas. Um, a, a, an attacking run didn't work out and nobody had the gas in the tank to really get back and, and stop Phoenix's counterattack. And that was it, right? Um, you can really feel the air and the life exit the stadium when that ball went in. And the only reason I know that it was quiet in the stadium, you know, even though, you know, we kept chanting and drumming, um, I could actually hear the very small contingent of Phoenix fans celebrating uh, like three sections away. I should not have been able to hear them, um, but I could. And that was like how I knew that this stadium is uh, quiet. And, you know, that's yeah, it. I that just was it. like to, to just jump in for a quick thing here because we have virtual stat man, Sean Kelly, with us. And thank you for joining us, Sean. And yeah, the referee had awarded six penalties in his last five USL matches. But for me, I, I usually go back and watch the games and I did not this time. I've I've had still no interest in going back. The I, I'm a little different than you were. I was I was taking it all in. I was enjoying I was just there to enjoy every moment. Like win or lose. I just I did. I had fun. I was so happy. I want to give a huge shout out to my daughter for joining me at the game. Um, she was also my ride since I can't always do the driving right now with, with my um, cognitive issues I've been dealing with. Um, so it was, it was great because she, she's been the person who's accompanied me the most to games. I've had lots of family members and other people come, but she's, she's come the most. She's been with me to lots of games. It was great to share that experience with her on that final game. Um, and I just enjoyed all the memories from it. And then even afterwards, even as heartbreaking, and it was heartbreaking watching that goal go in, um, just everything that happened as heartbreaking as it was, it was also very uplifting to see, as I said before, so many people stay in the stands. How long we sung and thank you to Nick Duffy for continuing to capo and keep us going in the section. And it was it just, I have such strong, vivid memories of that night that, that will stay with me forever on what you would normally think would be a devastating sporting experience just even losing a playoff game like that. But I find myself when I think back about it, of being truly rewarding and memorable and something that no one will ever be able to take away those moments. We may not have done it on the field, but there are so many moments I've had with this club that are just, that are special to me. And, and nobody can take those away. I'll have those for the rest of my life. And I know I might be getting an emo emotional here, but I just like to also add just one final thing for me is I went to O'Brien's afterwards. I won't share any of that because we'll probably talk about that in the pod later on the lounge. Um, but it was nice to have Andrew come, Vasiliadis, and, and talk to all of us. That was really nice. And then I just was physically, my tremors were starting up. So I, I had my daughter. I was like, look, I, I really need to go. It's getting late. It's midnight. You know, I got to get home. So. She drove me back home. I 
played with my dogs a little bit, took a shower, went to bed, got in bed, looked over at the clock like I always do, and it was 1.09. And I just smiled, closed my eyes, and fell asleep. And I, it was, for me, some weird kind of closure, like finishing that whole night and going to bed at 1.09. And it was... It was nice. I got up in the morning and surprisingly felt good. But reading all the comments, I've had my share of tears with, along with everybody else. But I really have had more joyful feelings of pride, gratitude, more of those kinds of feelings than than a devastating loss. And I don't know. I'm I'm thankful for everything that we have shared. I'm thankful for all of you out there, everybody in the group who helped make all those memories. That's, I, no one can take that away. It's been a special four years. No, MLS can take it away, um, which they are. Uh, I, I, I'm not, not to diminish your perspective, right? Obviously, yeah, nobody is going to take uh, all of these memories and the community that we built, um, take it away. But um, I, for me, I cannot, uh, every time, there's a story about loyal or you know, depending on it's in the paper, ESPN, wherever um, you cannot whitewash exactly what happened here. And what happened here is that a monopolistic entity um, pseudo monopolistic, right? It is not a legal monopoly, but it might as well be because the nature of the business of sport means that, there can be in uh, there can be no competition in the same market. So this uh, team comes in with uh, a half a billion dollar investment, um, uh, a deal with uh, a local public entity, San Diego State, um, for use of a facility that Loyal supposedly had the inside track to get until this happened. Um, so there should be no mistake about it. We no longer have our club because MLS is coming to San Diego period point blank. That's why loyal is ending because of San Diego FC. And that's why, uh, you know, people Phoenix fans on Twitter, by the way, we're calling this out on Twitter, people wearing San Diego FC shit at the, at the match on Sunday, which fucking turns my stomach like who are these people that are wearing uh the logo and crest of the team that is causing the demise of the club you are literally at the game of uh to to cheer for i i truly do not understand uh what what how people uh move through the world um, without examining uh, anything uh, further away than what's right in front of their face. And, I, I, you know, I just, you know, you're not supposed to judge people, but uh, wearing SDFC hat with your loyal jersey, um, I, 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 it's like, it's like, it's like waving an Israeli and Palestinian flag together, like, uh, who are you? What are you doing? Uh, what do you represent? Because to me, it, it looks completely foolish. And um, it really, really makes me sick to think anybody thought it was a good idea to to rep that shit at the match. But they did. 
they did people um not everybody uh thinks about you know the world or life or uh the why of the world it's some maybe it's just the what of the world more more soccer a bigger stadium more expensive players um woohoo but you know uh that's, I guess, part of it. Um, and there's going to be a, a stadium full of fans like that uh, in a year and a half. Possibly. We, we, we'll we wait and see how that all plays out. But um, I, I think it's important for some people who may be new to hearing some of this and maybe tuning in since we're, you know, we're done. Um, the distinction between your local team and then an entity like MLS, because I I would argue that most people who are upset about this are upset with MLS and U.S. soccer specifically, and I think that's a problem in this country. Is we equate a lot of our fandom around sports, we tie it to a league, the NFL, the NBA, whereas traditionally in soccer around the world. It's not about the league. You play in a league, but it is about your club and your community. And that's something that we experienced very closely with this, with everything that we had together. Even though technically, you know, even though I would hold USL up a lot higher than MLS in terms of how they run things, they still have their problems. It's still, we were technically a franchise of the USL. There's still territorial rights. There are some systemic things in U.S. soccer that really need to change um, so that what happened to us doesn't happen to anybody else because there's so many other good grassroots programs around the country that do similar things to what we're doing. We, we were not an anomaly. We're not the only group that was like this. We just are the latest and right now high profile at the moment. Um, but it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen anywhere. It shouldn't happen ever again and that is that is partly a structure of mls and the way mls as an entity deals with things and the way in the u.s in general we we prioritize a league over an individual team or club and those are i'm sure going to be part of our conversations moving forward as we decide which is not going to be a topic really for this show or our lounge this week but coming up in future weeks, we have to have start having these real conversations of where do we go as a supporter group? What so, is going to be the future direction? Are we are we done? Do we just end it here, or do we do something different? Right. Yeah, that's. I think the important thing is, um, and I think that's partly why um, people are upset, and especially Sunday night. Um, you mentioned people staying behind and it wasn't uh just the supporter section obviously uh the people around the the whole stadium stayed late um <clears throat> but especially in 109 it remained full um for a long time after the match ended and after you know some players came through one by kind of one by one uh I think, you know, Nate Miller came through, Landon Donovan, um, who then went like to the middle of the field and like just like collapsed, uh, which was 
I think difficult for a lot of people to see like just how impacted he was. Um, as were, and this is uh, funny, as were the Phoenix fans who also stayed behind to take in this moment because it was such a, uh, I mean, you're literally watching a club die um, and people going through like the beginning of a, you know, stages of grief as that realization hits. And I think even for the Phoenix fans, they said, you know, it was, I'm just, I'm kind of thinking about one tweet, like, you know, it was awesome to win. And but then after we were done celebrating, it was really sad to be there and see, yeah. you know, these fans, you know, you could see, and I did go back and watch part of the broadcast. Um, and you know, the camera captured, you know, what was happening in the stands, which was a lot of tears, like not just like kids crying, like, you know, in college football memes, but like grown adults, grown men, oh, yeah. you know, uh, in tears because you know they're realizing that this is the last time that they're going to uh be on that pitch or watch a match in Torero perhaps um it was i think surprising um i wasn't ready for uh i knew it was going to suck but i don't think i was prepared for the kind of emotions that moment was going to pull out of me um or the intensity that those emotions were going to uh come through and you know that's um it was uh I, I'm, I'm glad that we were there i'm glad that we were at home like like you said that we didn't have to yeah. go through this um in another building uh but you know it's it just goes to show like what you know the club and community meant to to so many people and this is not just in the supporter section this is around the whole stadium um casey alfred my uh former colleague from the union tribune um just one of the you know best sports photographers in the country um you know he shoots the padres you know he shot the chargers you know for for years um and he captured uh an incredible moment with Alejandro Guido going up to the stands and embracing right. his wife. Um, and in that photo, you can see a, a young man, you know, just in, in tears. And it was, it kind of captured the feeling of the moment. And it was such an intense moment. Like it made that impression on the, uh, the away fans too, the, the Phoenix fans who um, took to social media to also, criticize u.s soccer and mls for right uh the way it repeatedly does this to uh community clubs and um i'm glad to be a part of it um i definitely unlike you though um i'm, I'm not feeling at peace or any sort of closure um i feel like becoming one of those irritating twitter people who just takes every opportunity <laughs> to uh talk about pro rel and the need for reform in u.s soccer like i i just i can't i was talking on discord earlier like like i'm still mad when i was 10 years old uh the the san antonio spurs were in the playoffs against the portland trailblazers and it was game five of the opening round and the spurs were like uh, uh they were they could have gone to the conference finals that year it was a, a very good squad i think this was robinson's uh 
was it his rookie year or his second year? I can't remember where he was, but uh, we have this point guard named Rod Strickland and the game was really tight. And, and I remember I was 10 years old, man. I, I remember he, he made like this behind the back pass to like, like he didn't even look before he made the pass. And it, it went to like, I don't know, Clyde Drexler or, or whoever was on the Blazers. The Blazers won the game. And like, I'm still mad about that. I was 10 years old. <laughs> it was 1990. Um, and like, it still makes me mad when I think about what the Rod Strickland doing that shit. Cause it broke my heart as a 10 year old kid. I never, you know, cared about sports in, until that moment. And that was like the first like moment where I was like devastated by something that happened in the game. And, you know, I don't forget that kind of thing. I don't forget the people who hurt me. <laughs> and that's what made this loss so uh because you know you lose in the playoffs and it's like okay we'll get him next year but like the fact that there's no next year just it kind of had the opposite effect where I don't care about the result on the field anymore. I don't care about the performance. I don't care about the playoff losses. I don't care that we went to the playoffs three years in a row and lost each game. Like the, the results are are completely meaningless to me because sports is all about optimism and the future and what's possible. And you lose and you lose, and but the, there's always something possible coming in the future. And it's that future being taken away that makes me mad, not not the results from the past. Well, speaking of future, because we are getting towards end of our time here and we do have another show coming up at nine uh, we do have a couple bits of uh, supporter group news to get out because you know the team may be finished but we're we're not done we have to figure out what we're going to be doing next so um, along those lines uh, just a you know a comment again about our transition plan we did that first member survey so thank you everyone who participated in that we ended up getting close to 100 responses total on that first one, and that's helped shape the second one. Second one will be coming out towards the end of this week or maybe early next week. We are fine-tuning it as we speak. The leadership's looking at it and uh, making sure we have everything the way we want. I just want to give people a heads up. It is long. It's right now about 58 questions, but all but Oh, man. What is this, are... the SATs, man? Come yeah. on. Yeah, we got to take but this on the Saturday. Are our free response questions and we're looking at maybe cutting like some of those essay down a portion bit. multiple choice but now but at but at the same time i we are in a very unique position and and we really need to dig deep what we're trying to do is dig deeper from the responses the free responses you gave on the first survey and we've made now select a response ones where you can at least the way it's set right now is you can like agree or disagree or basically have no opinion on the statements that we have and they basically are the types of things that people said in the first survey so what we're trying to do is figure out where are the really strong feelings that people have about some of these statements and some of the things people have said about our sg or where we move forward or how we stay together and what are things that people are you know they're not as important so we we want to get that survey going as quickly as possible. And as soon as we get that out, there'll be at least a week in between. We'll get the results out to everybody. Everybody will see the, the raw results this time. Um, 
and then we'll do a final survey where we'll actually start like putting something out there that has some concrete type things like would you be interested if the locals did this so this is kind of the stepping stone to get there so we can figure out where where are the strong opinions where are the deal breakers for some people for what we might do next all right, so everything's still on the table as we're looking to do that. So I want to give everybody a heads up that that is coming out. That's where we are in our transition plan. We'd like to try to get all three of our surveys done. So we're in a good position by early December to really start making some some decisions, you know, as, as what we're going to do. I think, And then that means our podcast, at least right now, we're going to still do weekly podcasts up till the week before Thanksgiving, and then we'll reevaluate reevaluate where we are at that point and then figure out which um which things we're going to do and yeah thank you i think if i went because i'm kind of the main person putting the survey together sean i'm going to put this up here um yeah i think everybody would shoot me if it went to 109 <laughs> it's already at at 58 we're having trouble deciding part of the problem is it's a lot of questions but if we pair it, there's also a feeling that if as leadership we start paring down the questions are we or this this prompts that we have are we influencing some of our own biases by eliminating some of those potential options and statements and things that people are talking about so um, we're, we're working through those right now trying to figure out the the best way to move forward and then again at least for the next few weeks we'll be doing podcasts andrew we might have a guest next week yeah i'm I'm gonna get a uh, a local um another journalist um we're kind of nailing down the schedule but uh to come in and talk about like uh the role supporter groups have played you know historically when it comes to like bigger issues in society and, and politics and like how uh what role that plays in supporter culture. Uh, this guy's like a, an academic and knows all about that. Uh, until we have it scheduled, I'm not going to say anything more until we get it, uh, the actual date down. But um, I think it'll be interesting for people to hear, especially going forward, because, um, you know, one thing that is clear is like we all enjoy doing this thing together and uh w would like to continue doing something together and uh what that something is i think is is the uh decision point here whereas um you know i, I think if you want to continue to engage and be part of this group um even before the survey comes out you know start thinking about what you'd like to see what do you want to do do you want to go ahead and and go over to uh, mls we have um a built-in supporter group we are uh the locals by virtue of numbers um would i believe already be the largest uh supporter group of the new mls team um there's also wave which uh the NWSL wave uh, not only are a first division team they're also a world-class league the best uh women's players in the world play in uh the u.s women's league unlike major league soccer so um on that on the global stage it is a better league than mls and they didn't kill your club so that is something to think about <laughs> um 
I, I think there may be some other more creative ideas out there. Um, but I, I mean, clearly these are, I mean, the soccers exist. Um, Albion is playing in Nisa. Uh, it's tough. I think Nisa's tough. We're talking third division. Um, there's even less stability in Nisa than there is in USL. Um, and you know, the level of play is third division. You, you know, you, you take a step from MLS to USL, uh, then you see the step from USL to Nisa and, you know, it's, but Hey, that is a community club. Albion is a youth club that, um, before it was, you know, this protein, uh, Albion, the youth club purchased, uh, 1904, which was a, another third division team in San Diego, um, and rebranded with Albion. So there's that community connection. Um, do we want to go to, to CCA in uh, Carmel Valley and watch matches? I mean, that's an option, right? I don't know if that's going to... All, all the options are on the table, and that's <laughs> why we want to survey the membership and see yeah, where so, we stand. Um, and, of course, the soccers, their season is about to begin. I think we should have some opportunities to get together and go watch some indoor soccer um with the the soccers which is a lot of fun it's very affordable and we get to tailgate um craig elston a member of the locals is um obviously works for the soccers and is always um a good guy to help with uh tickets to to those matches so listen there's going to be a lot of chances uh, we're not going anywhere we're going to keep doing these podcasts um, at least till Thanksgiving, um, while we as a group figure out what we're going to do and there will be, um, opportunities to get together again and watch the sport we enjoy. So, and we actually do have an opportunity coming up. So keep an eye on discord. There will be an end of your social gathering for the locals. Like we always do. Um, the club, what, we were waiting to see what was happening with the club, and the club initially, from what I understand, was trying to get something together for this coming Friday. So if you heard anything about something coming up Friday, possibly at Stone, I believe that is not happening at all at the moment. So now we are trying to look as an SG as to, to, to put something together here, maybe by the end of this week, early next week, but just keep an eye out on Discord and the socials for that. As soon as we have everything squared away, we'll get that publicized. And then that's that's the SG news I have for for now until we start getting the surveys out and we can have some some slightly different discussions. All right, well, I want I know, I know we're trying to sign off. We're gonna have a, a lounge at nine o'clock i hope if you're here for this stream you come in because you're going to actually hear from steve the uh, locals president um and some other guests uh i think jason's going to be here um yeah should should be at least those two and i think we're going to have some other people popping in i think they were just waiting okay. for confirmation so um they'll be doing most of the talking i think in, in that one if you're tired of listening to me but while i've got you <laughs> i've got to um once again thank john Thank you so much for all of the work you've done. Um, I've been on the podcast a time or two in previous seasons, but this season 
Um, I've kind of done almost every episode. Um, but John has been here since before the beginning. John is in the pictures <laughs> of the earliest meetings of the locals um, when it was like nine people at uh, wherever at um, I think it was at Border X or something. Uh, and John's there taking video. Um, John is the person behind all of this kind of multimedia that you've got. His great soccer shorts documentary about how this group was formed is a must watch on YouTube. Um, and he is the person that makes this stream and this podcast happen every week over four seasons. Um, so John, thank you so much for all of the work that you've done. And um, I really am looking forward to continuing this partnership in whatever form it takes, <laughs> but um, thank you. So, I know how much work it is and uh, it's just so appreciated. And I know that the folks who listen and watch um, also appreciate it, but got it. It's got to be said. Um, so thank you so much. And thank you everybody watching and listening and coming out to one Oh nine and, and talking to us and um, you know, making, this a part of your life as we've made it a part of ours uh it's been great and we're going to keep it going somehow so thank you all and um please tune in for the next stream all right good night everyone thank you andrew mm -hmm.